Welcome to the Debrief Podcast with Matthew Stephen Brown. This episode contains content about marriage and sex that might not be suitable for some younger listeners. Parental discretion is advised. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Debrief. It is Miller time once again. Oh, my gosh. Um, you know, they, they gave me such a good deal when they came on staff. We get them. You know, two times. It's a twofer. <laughs> it's a twofer. Yeah. So I appreciate you guys. We're having a special mm. sale on love today. There we go. I love it. And relationships. Well, welcome back, man. I'm just so thankful for you guys and just appreciate you guys. And if you don't know who the Millers are, listen to the previous episode. We gave them uh, an introduction and they kind of mm-hmm. shared their story. So love you guys. So let's just jump right in. Adrian from I'd Rather Not Say. <laughs> I've never been to I'd Rather Not Say. But it's a Adrian, small town. It's a small, small town. Yes. yes. Um, so Adrian, thank you for your question. This is uh, a great question. I'm so sorry that you're going through this and mm-hmm. I can't wait to hear what the Millers have to say about this. But the question is, what advice would you give to someone going through a spouse's infidelity? Thank you for being specific, Adrian. Uh, my wife of four years confessed to a sexting relationship, apologized, and we're doing all the right things, church, community, counseling. But I'm afraid I won't ever get over this feeling of betrayal. Mm-hmm. Who wants to jump into this one? I can take it. Okay. You, you got a boss. Okay, thank yeah. you. It does sound like you're doing all the right things. So first of all, good for you. Keep pressing in. You are doing all the things that you can do. And it sounds like two of you are doing it together, which is even better. Very Mm. hopeful. Have hope. Uh, I'm going to start with saying that you will always have an injury in your marriage. Mm. Brad and I have walked through hundreds of with hundreds of couples through betrayal. That's actual uh, area of expertise for me personally, yeah. not not personally like between us, but yeah. personally, professionally. Um, and Brad and I do this together with couples as well. So very familiar with it. And you will have an injury in your marriage, but as the result of the work you do, you can actually become better, stronger and thrive even better than you could have ever imagined. Mm. It's hard to feel that in the midst of it. It sounds like you're in the the hardest part which is, you know, the disclosure and learning all the details and um, just being able to look at your spouse and say, who are you, Mm. you know, Um, and even look at yourself and remember, who am I? Am I the fool? Am I the fool to keep trying and fighting? There's lots of questions uh, and doubts, um, but keep pressing in because you will along the journey, you will discover a lot about yourself Mm -hmm. um, and your healing. And the goal is for each of you to be transformed. And it'll be a whole new marriage, mm-hmm. a whole new indi- individuals and a whole new marriage because the marriage you had wasn't working. Right. Yeah. It really wasn't working. A lot of people will say, I just want what we used to have. No, you don't. Yeah. No, you don't. Because some somewhere along the way, there was something broken um, in your marriage. I'm, I'm not saying as a result of that brokenness, what she's doing or did um, was um the right thing to do. It wasn't, it wasn't a way creating a new problem isn't a way to handle an existing problem. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. So not excusing the fact that she betrayed, but the fact is that something was not right in your mm-hmm. marriage and you guys need to figure out what that was, the hows and the whys. Once you do, it'll equip you, empower you to be better than ever. Mm. Have hope. Hang on. 
man, that's great. Great word. Yeah. Adrian, thank you so much for sharing this. Uh, I would say just know that it takes time. Again, you're, you're doing all the right things. It takes time. And here's the, here's the picture that I want to leave with you. Everybody understands uh, Lego, building things with those great little blocks that kill your feet yeah. when you step on them. <laughs> uh, and, and, and I'm going to make the analogy of trust. Uh, trust is interesting because it takes a long time to build trust but it's lost in an instant. So part of what you're feeling is that, is that lack of trust, that void of trust. And you just don't know if it will ever get back. Yes, it will keep doing the right things. It takes time, just like taking those little Lego blocks, one brick at a time and, and building something, building Mm. a house, building something beautiful, building the empire state building. It takes time. It's knocked down in an instant. Mm. Yeah. Let me just say this, Adrian. um, And here's why I have hope for you. I love the word confessed. If I saw caught, that's a much different different thing. Uh, Confession is a beautiful, beautiful thing because what this means is she felt bad about it and she felt prompted to come to you. And I just would really, really kind of plant my flag in that as, look, she was willing to share something that she obviously feels terrible about with you. And I think that is a precious, precious gift. And so I just always, always love confession over being caught because it just gives me hope because... There's just, it, I think it's easier to trust because what that tells me is, okay, if my spouse does something, she's going to come to me because there's a rift of honesty between us. And so I really appreciate that. And, and what I would say is there's a great book. Um, I forget her name. You guys pull it up. Forgetting, Forgiving What You Can't Forget mm-hmm. by Lisa, uh, Lisa Turkers. Turkers. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Lisa yeah. Turkers. It's a great, great it book, great. even though it's, it's a woman author and maybe her primary audience is women. Adrian, I would read that. Because, um, you know, forgiving is not forgetting. And I love what you said. Uh, did you say an injury? There will always be an injury yeah. in your marriage. Yes. And that's just a reality. And so can we move forward with that? And I've seen couples go through far worse, Adrian, and they've had incredible outcomes as they work through things. They got honest and they got real. And what I would say to all of our married listeners uh, and singles is nobody knows what they're doing when they get married. And so, so we're, we're trying to figure this out and we're going to make mistakes. And what I would say is your wife made a mistake um, and she messed up and that's, that's part of the learning experience. And so what can you do, uh, you know, when she's feeling whatever she was feeling, needy, unnoticed, unloved, mm-hmm. underappreciated, you know, there's some other guy that's giving her all this attention. How mm-hmm. can you be the man that's like, no, 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 I want to be that guy. Yep. How, how can I do that? Was there something I wasn't doing? You're not responsible for, for her choice to do this, but, but where can you uh, maybe meet those needs that maybe, you know, as guys, we get busy on our careers, we get focused and sometimes we, you know, we neglect our wives and, and they have needs too in the marriage. And so I would just work on that. So great, great question. Okay. Annie Moss, this is our guy. most famous uh-huh. question asker. We love Annie. Uh, is yeah. it a guy or girl? We don't know. Uh, because so. this person writes in a lot. Yes. 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 They are. They, they change uh, gender often. So <laughs> Annie Moss from Riverside. Hi, Pastor Matt. I am really trying to dive deeper in my faith. I love that. And live uh, what the, and live the life. There we go. I'm trying to read the life that the Lord wants me to have. Okay. I've been married for almost three years, prying to be being married. I had a promiscuous life, thinking that I would find someone to love me through sex. Wow. Uh, I carry a lot of shame and embarrassment from this. How can I ask for forgiveness? Also, it has affected my marriage. Okay, now we know it's female. How can my husband and I work through this? Mm, wow. Annie Moss, we love you. Mm, great question. Who wants to? Um, I'll jump in. Uh, I, I would say, Annie, 
we love you. We see you. We understand how deeply hurtful that can be. Um, you don't have to stay there. Uh, I'm really proud of you for trying to do the work needed to get to a better place. Well done. Uh, I often say that regret is a harsh teacher. Mm. Uh, it's a good teacher and a thorough teacher, but regret yeah. is a harsh teacher. But it is your regret that motivates you to do better, to find something different. Don't lose that. It's like the dog going back to its vomit thing. You know, we we don't do that because mm -hmm. it's hard and it's it's painful. Um, don't allow that regret to turn into shame either. That's a very important distinction. Uh, shame will tell you that's who you are. That's mm -hmm. the that's the enemy. Regret will tell you that's who you were. Shame will tell you that nobody could ever forgive you. Mm. Regret will say, I hate the old me, but I'm already forgiven. Mm. Shame will say there's no hope for you. And by the way, everywhere, everywhere I said the word shame, you could insert the word enemy, yeah. the, the enemy. And it's, it's the same thing. So it's really tuning yourself to listen to the voice of God. Receive that forgiveness. Uh, use your regret to motivate you to keep moving forward. Uh, as far as asking for forgiveness, ask as often as you need to. Uh, you're already forgiven, mm -hmm. but ask as often as, as you need to. Uh, Matt, I'd love to hear you speak into this, but uh, I've often thought there's a, there's a verse that says, uh, God removes our sin as far as east is from west. Mm -hmm. How far yeah. is that? It's, it's yeah, yeah. infinite, mm -hmm. you know. Uh, and then there's um, uh, also in uh, Hebrews, I think it says, God will remember your sin no, no more. more. Amen. Uh, like those are, those are mind-blowing concepts mm -hmm. for us that we just can't wrap our heads around. And so the idea is sort of that, you know, even though we're created in God's image, he can forget mm -hmm. and we can't mm -hmm. and we don't. And so why is that? Why would God allow us to keep a memory of something so painful from mm -hmm. our past? And I actually think it's because we need the lesson. God doesn't. Mm -hmm. You know, we need the healing. God doesn't. Mm -hmm. So he allows us to remember those things, to live with them so that we can do better, so that we can pursue him, so yeah. that we can be Oof. all in and just press in. So, That's good. I'm the preacher, thanks. though. So <laughs> That's let me, true. That's that was good. You go. Sorry, good work. Go ahead. <laughs> no, you go. Oh, you want me to go? Um, so I would just... I would, I would just probe a little deeper here and ask, you know, have you confessed this to him? So I'm just curious. So, you know, I don't know, Annie, if you have or not, but shame, shame tends to go away with confession. So two things. So everything that, you know, Brad shared is right on. So first John one, nine, for if we confess our sins to God, he is faithful and just to cleanse us of all unrighteousness. And so we need to learn to do that. But there's another verse because some of us are like, okay, but I, I, the shame is still hanging around. And um, that's where James 5.16 comes in. Confess your sins to one another so that you may be whole and healed. The prayer of a righteous man is powerful and effective. And so a lot of times as Christians, if you've confessed this sin to God, and I don't know if you have or not, so I would start there. And then if there's just still this shame, I would confess to a counselor. I would confess to a pastor. And then upon their recommendation, maybe they would share, okay, you need to share this with your spouse. Mm -hmm. If you haven't shared this with your spouse, you need to confess this. Because the devil lurks in the darkness mm -hmm. and he holds what has not been exposed against us. Yes. But all evil loses its power in the light. So Annie, I, I don't know because I don't know if you've shared this, but what I would say is I'm just sensing that if this is really pulling you down, maybe it's more secret than it needs to be. You don't need to walk in shame. We all have a testimony. We all have a story that we were all something before, you know, we came to Christ or even for some of us like myself, I was an idiot even after I knew Jesus and I had to wrestle <laughs> through that. Um, but, but just saying, okay, 
here's here's the truth and and here and here's what's happened and just really putting that on the cross and and theologically the question is is what i did more powerful than what jesus did for me on the cross mm, and just make it that. make it theological and so if you think your sin is more powerful than what jesus did on the cross you don't know jesus you don't know the cross and then i would go back to the gospel and i would just say okay i'm going to i'm going to put that on the cross and and i'm going to leave it there and i'm going to walk away from that and, um, and I think there's healing power in that. But I want to hear what Tammy has to say. Sure. Uh, I would say that the promiscuous life and the shame that's trying to keep reminding you, playing that script over in your head is probably mm. saying you you used up all your firsts yeah. with oh. a bunch of other men. But that's a lie. Because in your marriage, this is your marriage now. It's not just some man that's pretending to give you love. It's yeah. a man that is giving you love. And there's lots of firsts. It could even be the first person you ever made love with, yeah. truly made love yeah. with, is your your husband. Yeah. There's lots and lots of firsts. So be don't be focusing on the promiscuous life of what you feel like you already gave up to mm. somebody else. But what are you getting for the first time mm. in your marriage? And celebrate that together. Mm-hmm. I mean, even you know when you you and your husband are celebrating. Um, some good things are happening in your life and you celebrate by being intimate, sexually intimate together. That's probably not something you did with other men. Uh, Maybe there's trials going on and you find yourself just curled up together and it ends up again in a a sexually intimate experience. You're actually grieving in a sexually intimate way together. Mm. You probably never did that with another Mm. man. So there's so many firsts to look forward to. So focus, reframe on what are new beginnings, a new you, um, with your husband. Yeah. Oh, man. Wise, I love you guys. Wise words, boss. I know. <laughs> yeah. That's I know. There's a big reason we <laughs> pursued him. That was awesome. Okay. And another Annie Moss. Uh, how would you deal with a spouse that claims to be a Christian, but con- but inconsistently bears fruit? I wonder if this is my wife that's in this. <laughs> For example, occasionally Tammy, attends church. That would be a problem. <laughs> Believes that all sins are forgiven as long as you believe in Jesus. Okay, this isn't me. And that the Bible is up for individual interpretation. Um, I don't know how you guys want to do this because it's really kind of three questions. So do you want me to go? You want to go? What do you want to do? I think we should just lean in, Matt, and we should say this is an intervention. We're here for you. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. No. Uh, I'll, I'll jump in. Yeah. Um, there is a lot here. I would say uh, first, authentic love, the kind that we that we learn from Jesus is different than anything else. It breaks down walls. It breaks down uh-huh. barriers. Uh, it's the kind of love that changes people. It changed me. Mm. It probably changed you, Matt. Yes. It probably changed you, Annie. Yeah. Um, don't stop loving your spouse. Don't stop praying for mm. your spouse. There is power in that. That's what, uh, you know, again, in prayer, um, mm-hmm. Matt, you talked a, lot, a few weeks ago about uh, connecting with God. And mm-hmm. when we connect with God in prayer, it's because he wants to hear our hearts. He yeah. wants to hear from us. So don't neglect that. That's super important. Uh, don't stop surrounding yourself with people who will love you and pray together with you and encourage you. The truth is you cannot fix your spouse. Mm. You can love your spouse and pray for them while they fix themselves, but you can't fix mm. your spouse. Uh, we've seen that train wreck happen mm-hmm. too, too many times. It, mm. it doesn't turn out well. Uh, when your spouse is ready, uh, they'll they'll figure it out. Um, one more thing. Can I can I recommend a apologetics yeah. resource? Yeah. Um, so, so I'm going to 
I'm going to say check out uh, str.org. I don't know if you're familiar with their their work, Greg Kokel. It's Stand to Reason, uh, but the website is str.org. The reason I think that's important is because for somebody who thinks they're, uh, you know, the the Bible is up for individual interpretation or Jesus isn't really who he says he is, there's there's knowable ways that we can work through these things. It's not just... It's not yeah. just Matt's opinion yeah, yeah. that he's sharing on, on Sundays uh, or Saturdays. Yeah. Um, but for example, you know, we've all seen the bumper sticker that says coexist. Right. That, that sort of implies that, you know, all yeah. religions are, are the mm-hmm. same. They're not. And, and there's ways that we can work through those. There's questions that we can learn to ask uh, to know if there's, uh, if they're actually equal ways mm-hmm. of, of going to heaven. Uh, Jesus said in John four, uh, 14, 6, uh, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Mm-hmm. Nobody comes to the Father but by me. So, uh, we know that Jesus was either uh, telling the truth, you know, mm-hmm. liar, lunatic, yeah, or Lord. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he was either telling the truth or he was crazy and right. didn't, didn't know what he was saying. Um, but if you learn some of those uh, good questions, those good grounded questions, not only will it make you better as a believer, but uh, you just might be the right person to ask some challenging questions mm-hmm. uh, to your spouse as well. Yeah. I would you? just add, uh, make sure that you're bearing authentic fruit yourself. Yeah. Be the example and don't do it in a see what I'm doing Mm -hmm. because then it's not authentic. Mm -hmm. Just be deep in prayer and deep reflection. Am I being authentic? Am I being real in my own life and bearing the fruit Mm -hmm. that will be contagious for Mm -hmm. him to see? Yeah. Yeah, I agree. And I would just say, instead of criticizing him when he doesn't go to church, uh, affirm him when he does. I love that. That's what I would say. So I I just love, you know, I love it when, you know, guys aren't dumb, you know, have great sex after church. Mm -hmm. He'll figure it out. (laughs) You know, know, so, so, so be intimate. And just so you know, one of the things historically that the church has said is that one of the things we do as Christians on the Sabbath is lovemaking. It is a part of rejoicing in the new creation of God and the, and the, and the return of it. It's just one of the ways that we connect. And, and Jews have said this and Christians, I don't care how conservative have said that this is a part of some of the things you can do on Sabbath. And so it's just really, really important. So next I would just say, look, a lot of Christians believe a lot of stupid stuff. And so, um, you know, part of the reason we go to church is to learn and unpack these things. And I would just, again, thank him that he comes and then just really encourage him when he, when he starts, you know, mentioning, Hey, maybe I was wrong here. Praise that. Praise God. Don't be like, see, I told you, you know, just, but just really, really encourage guys. You know, I I tell women this all the time. No female athlete wants a cheerleader on the sideline, but yet all these male sports, we have female (laughs) cheerleaders. And why is that? Because Uh guys need encouragement Mm -hmm. and, 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 and who does it come from? From a woman. And, and we, I just wish ladies knew how powerful their encouragement was. Okay, next one. Here we go. Um, I don't know who's going first. Is it you? Okay, okay. Yeah, poor, poor Tammy. So, uh, Annie, thank you. I have no idea how to say that name. Do you guys? Roanoke. Roanoke? Mm-hmm. Is it Canada? Virginia. Oh, Virginia. I okay. Think. Annie, thank you for your question. I really appreciate it. Is oral sex permissible in a loving, committed marriage? So, for those of you listening, thank you for the extra details. Loving, committed marriage. Th- th- those are important because mm-hmm. I think that's going to play mm-hmm. into how you answer this, Tammy. Mm-hmm. First, I want to start with everybody really listening to this and and what Matt pointed out is important because nobody should ever feel forced to do anything sexual. Yeah. Okay, I really want you to hear that. So the loving, committed is much different. And even 
if there's a loving, committed relationship, there could be some sort of history of trauma for mm. one or both of you that could be around any type of sex, oral sex, any anything. You'd be surprised um, what could be a trigger for somebody. Yeah. And if that's the case and that is your spouse or that is you, that needs to be talked about. And sometimes you can't reclaim that as your own. Mm. Sometimes it's so severe that you just, I use the word reclaim, like we try to get couples to say, can you reclaim this and, and be able to overcome the trauma? And sometimes you can't. Okay. So I wanted to point that out first. Um, but if it is loving and it's committed and you both feel safe, um, and there's no other interference from trauma or maybe history of pornography that you're questioning that if you feel safe and it feels loving, yes. Mm, wow. You want to go or me? Uh, you, I'm going to hear you first. Yeah. Then. So, so I think I just, man, I just thank God that Tammy's on this podcast. Um, <laughs> I think that, you know, like, like she said, so the Bible says, and we're, we're doing a series called love is, and is it may? Because I think love needs to be defined. So what we do in our culture is we define it by itself. Love is love. And like that's not very helpful. No. So what the Bible does is it doesn't say love is love. It says love is. And one of the things it says is that it never demands its own way. And so, uh, you know, in a marriage, um, you know, there can be, you know, things that, you know, w one spouse could be more... Um, what would you say, uh, creative in the way that they want to have sex and one could be less, uh, more conservative. Yeah. Maybe. More conservative. Thank sure. you. You know, and, and that's okay. And so what you have to do is you have to learn to meet each other where you're comfortable at. And especially like if Tammy said, if there's trauma there, you really, really need to work through that. And part of loving your spouse is loving them no matter what's happened to them. And, mm -hmm. um, you know, uh, sex is something I get to do with Tammy. It's not something she has to do. And so it's something that I am very appreciative of. And it's, it's the coming together of two people in love where we're not demanding, you know, our own way. And when, you know, you look at so much of, you know, sex in Hollywood, right. You know, the whips and the chains and the pain. And I'm always like, man, that is, that is not the purpose mm -hmm. of sex. Um, you know, and I just pray for people who can only experience pleasure through pain. I'm like, okay, you need, you need therapy yes. there. Um, and so what I would just do is, you know, feel free in marriage to express your desires, but your desires can't, can't manipulate, can't press, can't force. Um, it's something that, that needs to be done. And, and in some marriages, oral sex is just not going to happen. And you just have to be not, not only okay with that, but celebrate that you, in the sex that you do get to have because everybody's different. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, and again, for those who have viewed pornography, you know, I viewed pornography probably starting, I don't know, age 11 to 22. That's not something that my wife, you know, had. And so what pornography does is it puts ideas in your Absolutely. head that are not normal because there's a director saying, do this. Mm -hmm. And so, um, we got to get that director out of our minds for those mm -hmm. of us who have yeah. viewed pornography, get him out of the room and then just say, okay, what does this look like for us to connect? Because this is about you two coming together in marriage. And that's just so important. So yeah, I'm going to kick it off to you. So I also love, um, you pointed out loving committed marriage. I, I'm assuming that this also is a loving committed Christian marriage. Mm -hmm. And I would say with that, and you touched on this, Matt, uh, that there is a purpose. Mm -hmm. I, I think it's hard for a lot of believers to understand that God intended a purpose mm -hmm. for physical intimacy in a Christian marriage. Mm -hmm. 
God has a purpose for sex. Yeah. And it's not, uh, the culture would say it's just for me. It's, mm-hmm. it's so I can enjoy something. Mm-hmm. Um, but God has a purpose and that purpose is oneness. Mm-hmm. And so then back to the question about oral sex, it really is, is this about oneness mm-hmm. or is this about one person demanding their own way at the expense of shame of the other person mm-hmm. or whatever? Uh, so I'd say start with that question. What is the purpose? What is God's intended purpose for mm-hmm. physical intimacy to bring you together? And uh, this is not, this next comment is not intended as a, you know, read into it sort of thing. But one of the interesting things about us as humans is we are the only ones that make love face to face. Yeah. Mm. And so don't. Eye to eye, mouth yeah, to mouth. Mm. Breath to breath. breath, to breath. Wow. Skin to skin. There's, there's mm-hmm. something. Mm. Amazing. There's something yeah. deeply and profoundly moving about that. And yeah. and we as believers should not miss that. Mm. And the so. world tries to tell us that's boring. Yeah. Right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But yet it truly is the most intimate way, eye to eye, breath to breath. Yes. Yeah, I love it. So this is going to be a little crude. But I think that especially if there's if there's a tension over oral sex, have the conversation you don't want to have. Like, for example... Ladies, tell your husband to wash mm. like you stink, mm-hmm. you know, and so we just we just have to be aware of that, that if we have expectations, you know, we, we need to communicate and, and intimacy is great, but it's also hard and difficult sometimes to be like, hey, your breath stinks. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, uh, do I have something in my teeth? And my wife's like, in all of your teeth. There's something in all of your teeth. You know, isn't that great? As we I'll, age, all seven of them. Yeah, my, my gums are just receding. My gums are like, we're done. Um, so, so, so have those conversations and, you know, um, you know, like you made the comment about uh, trimming your nails and I thought, Man, come on, guys, like wash, right. shave, you know, uh, you know, present yourself in a way that someone would want to be close mm-hmm. to you. And so, you know, have those conversations and, 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 and just talk about that. And, and intimacy is difficult. And oftentimes the thing that's keeping you from intimacy is conversation and the conversation you don't want to have. And so say that appropriately at the right time, but just say, look, you know, th- this is something that, that we want to do, you know, let, let's clean up guys. You know, if you take a shower before you come home from the gym. So mm-hmm. love that. Love that. Yeah. We, we really love to encourage couples to have conversations about physical intimacy yes. because yeah. they don't, it's sort of like that thing mm-hmm. that yeah. we turn off the lights, we do it. Nobody says a word. Yep. Don't, don't say a word. I ever, know. You know, so I know. Yeah. All right. Okay. Last question. Annie again, man, she is busy today. Yeah, is. Annie Moss, how can I help my wife who manages our home finances to understand uh, that tithing is a not is non-negotiable for me, even though she doesn't agree. This is interesting. Usually, it's the opposite. Mm-hmm. In almost every case, I don't know if we could go back to the things. It's the husband, and so this is just so good for us to, to for us to realize that you know it can be it can be either. So, um, I recently discovered that she hasn't been consistently tithing on our behalf, and that she didn't inform me. There's a lot going there on here lot. that isn't just about tithing. Mm-hmm. So, I'm interested to hear how you guys mm-hmm. talk about this. Uh, I'll jump in. Sure. Uh, so, gosh, damn, I talk about this all the time, which is that a husband and wife should should seek to be united mm-hmm. in all things, be yeah. on the same team. Mm-hmm. Uh, Super Bowl was recently, you know, get jerseys and be yeah. on, be on yeah. the same team. You have to live on the same team. Uh, this means tithing. This means finances. This means compromise mm-hmm. at times for the benefit of the team. 
you know, Jesus often answered a question with a question. Amen. I'm not Jesus, but I, I think that's a really good approach. Uh, so I'm going to answer with a question, which is, would God prefer a divorced tither or a married non-tither? Mm-hmm. I mean, what do you think? What do you think, Pastor? Married non-tither. <laughs> right? Yeah. Uh, so, you know, yes, the, the point was made that you could be missing out on God's blessings. Mm -hmm. Yes. I I think that's absolutely true. But again, you have to get on the same page and, uh, you heard pastor Matt say it today that God would rather have a married non-tither. I think that's women. And I would say this for all of our singles. This is why I don't know if singles are just like, as on marriage, I'm not listening. This is why. And if you're, if you're a married person, tell your single people to listen to this because there are so many things that we don't talk about in dating that become problems in marriage. And one of the things is, you know, um, what are your expectations for sex? Yep. Uh, another is money. Like, I mean, sex, money, and kids, you guys could probably say like those three are the, the big, big icebergs that sink the Titanic of your marriage. And so, so one of the things I would talk about and be clear on is what are the expectations of, of, of giving to the local church? And then I would just, I wouldn't just look for the bumper sticker. Yeah. I would say, okay, what if money's tight? What if you're stressed? What does this look like if we, you know, if we have to, if we go through a difficult time, what do we do? Because there's, yeah, I think in tithing, which if we don't press, as long as there's money, well, (laughs) I don't know of a couple of our church who couldn't use an extra 10% somewhere. So I would just say, if I'm a dating couple, I would have this conversation uh, and then the next conversation is, I, I just really think this is the huge part. She didn't inform me. That's the part mm-hmm. that bothers me the most as a couple, because what that means is there's hiding that takes place. And I don't I like agree. that anywhere at any time. I just don't like, I would not be happy to find out that my wife had been hiding anything from me. That that would just make me feel like, okay, what are we doing here? Um, that's I don't, darkness. That's yeah, secret, I don't, I don't want to live a secret life. I yep. don't want to be hiding things from you. I don't want you hiding things from me. So the bigger issue to me, mm-hmm. Annie, is the hiding rather than the tithing. And so so here's how I would work this. I would start there. Hey, I feel really upset that you kept this from me. This is not what I want to have. But then you got to make sure that she feels free to express her okay. disagreement. Absolutely. Because, right, if you're just a man and you said it and that's the way it is, well, there's no conversation there. So then I would say is, how do you compromise and what is a number uh, that she can agree on? 2%, 4%, 5% with the goal and just say, hey, um, eventually I want to get to 10%. This is my conviction. Um, where are you uh, able to meet me in this? And then you can hold her accountable to that because then you circle back and you say, okay, hey, we agreed to this. Uh, if there's plenty of money to tithe and it's just a, I don't theologically agree with that, then you're going to have to figure out because not all Christians agree on the principle of tithing. They just don't. I agree on it. I think that's where you guys are Mm -hmm. theologically. Um, I just decided when I read Malachi 3 and I said, okay, the Lord is going to bless tithing. Like I read that and I went, that's for me. It it settled it. So it's not a matter of whether I have to. When God says he blesses something, I'm going to do that because I feel like that's, why wouldn't I want that in my life? And so, you know, that's something that I don't feel like Tammy and I have to do. It's something that we get to do where we receive the blessings of God. And I have lived, I have lived a life of blessing and we have been tithers for, it'll be 28 years, you know, in a couple of weeks. So, um, and we've tithed when we had money, we had, we tithed when we didn't have money. Mm-hmm. And, um, and now we give over and above that because mm-hmm. I mean, our kids are grown. My girls are married. We're almost through college. Like we have more discretionary income. And, and even, and I wanted people to listen to this, 
even if I want to give to a charity or something, I give it through our church. And here's why. I don't need the credit and I want Jesus to get the credit. So if there's if there's somebody that needs money, man, I want to run that through the church because I want people to know that I am giving this, not because I'm a good person. I am giving this because Jesus is amazing and he's changed my life. And I want the church to be a funnel of my financial blessings. So if I'm going to help an orphanage, if I'm going to help, you know, you name it, I fund it through the church. I don't give money to the Red Cross. I give money to Sandals. Sandals gives the money to uh, Convoy of Hope, right? And, and, And Convoy of Hope, when that money hits the ground in Ukraine, in wherever... It's in the name of Jesus, unapologetically in the name of Jesus. The Red Cross forgot the cross. Okay, they forgot it. And it was a great organization, but it's not now. Um, And I want people to know. So, so, So that's where I am. And so I believe that generosity should flow through the church, man. And, um, and so anyways, I'll be praying for you. Money's, money's always an issue. Um, you know, Tammy and I, we didn't have to talk about money the other day. I was like, look, man, the credit card's a little crazy. And what I didn't realize is she had paid for a bunch of stuff for the church on her credit card. Because it was like 12 grand. I'm like, hey, girl, <laughs> like, I don't know what's going on here. It's a good thing you're donating yeah, to yeah. the church. But we, <laughs> yeah, we need to have a talk about this. And so she was putting a bunch of, we're redoing the offices at Sandals. And she mm-hmm. put a bunch of stuff on our credit card. So I was like, okay, that's fine. But this, this feels like a, you know, I'm like, you know why is this much money at Ikea? Like what is happening? (laughs) So are we selling drugs? What is going on? So, you know, I I think those are hard conversations. And I would say this, you know, Tammy and I struggled for about 10 years with money, paying bills specifically. And for her, she's a six on the Enneagram. So she operates out of fear. That's just Mm -hmm. kind of a scarcity mentality. And I had to earn her trust in saying, okay, because my mentality was, I can make more money. Like, okay, I can do this. So, what we're going to give to the church. And so what I would just do is, is how can you make her feel comfortable? I talked way too long. No, you did so, great. I actually you. just going to tie both yours and Brad's responses together. It's going to be good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I also saw the glaring problem was that there's, there's a secret Yeah. and they're not united is what yeah. Brad said. So I would say press into that first instead of accusing her yes. and saying deal breakers, you know how I feel about yeah. this and towering over it. Seek to understand, Mm. help me to understand first why you feel like you need to skip tithing. Mm -hmm. Sometimes I want to understand because if you go in with, this is not how it's supposed to be, then she's just going to want to hide more. Not that that's right. I'm not condoning that, but it's glaring to me that obviously there's a, there's something going on where she doesn't feel like she's not, she can't share those things with you possibly, or there could be something else, but press in. Um, give her grace and just seek to understand. Yeah, yeah. Can I add one one yeah. quick thing? Uh, actually, something you said, Matt, really made me think about this. One of the benefits that Tammy and I get from working with other couples is things come out of that. Like uh, we talked about bumping into somebody's brokenness. That mm-hmm. came out of mm-hmm. working with somebody else. Uh, we were working with a couple one time and uh, the wife said to the husband, she said, I just want to be invited mm-hmm. to have a voice in these situations, mm, mm. So such powerful words and such a, a beautiful way to kind of ease into that. So anybody who's married, uh, knows there's something that you're terrified about having a conversation over. Start with inviting your spouse to have a voice. Mm. I think it's just a really great place to start those conversations. Yeah. 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 Okay. Last question. Shelly, 
uh, from Instagram. Thank you, Shelly, for sending in your Instagram question. I really, really appreciate that. And for everybody who has sent those questions, thank you for being so brave and posting that question. It takes a, a lot of courage to do that. Uh, how does marriage survive when their spouse is incarcerated? Wow, this is a heavy one. Uh, there's a definite lack of resources like counseling. Oh, man, I'm so sorry, Shelly. What do you guys think? That's a huge mm -hmm. question. Mm -hmm. It's a big question. Um, this one was one we didn't get to look at ahead of time. Okay, but, but, sorry. But oh. It's okay. Maddie told us a little bit about it. But uh, that is a hard, hard situation. Um, and so you don't have those resources. But you do outside of that. So seeking support. How can you seek support for yourself? Um, how can you still love and and um, you know pray for your husband um, who's incarcerated? And but you you need lots of support. Mm. You need lots of figuring out when he's out. I'm hoping he does get out one yeah. day. That what's your life going to look like? Um, and but there is counseling for you. Yeah, that's huge. And I would just say this. So so, so the the key question is how long. Like, mm -hmm. because, you know, it's not just prison, our military families, like we have husbands that have to go away from their wives for a year. Like, and I just, I don't think we think about that. You know, it's like every time, you know, uh, President Biden's getting ready to make a decision. I think about all the wives in our church. I think about all the, the kids in our church that if he makes decision A, then dad is gone for mm -hmm. up to 14 months. And that is a lot of pressure on mm -hmm. a family. And so, you know, Shelly, this is something that, you know, uh, you know, forced separation, either through incarceration or, you know, military is something that families have to deal with. And so what I would look into, and I don't know this, if there's a support group for that, I don't know if there is, I'll, I'm going to reach out to Soul Care and I'll have um, our uh, debrief team get back to you to see if there's something specifically for that. But there's no shame at Sandals Church. His crime is not your crime. We're here for you okay. and, and we want to help you. And uh, we do have couples in our church where spouses have spent time in jail and they have a thriving, healthy marriage. My big question here would be, you know, is this a 20-year incarceration, 30-year incarceration? You know, what does that look like? Because now we're, we're talking about a lifetime. Or is this a year or five years? You know, you know what what is that and how can we help you um, negotiate that? And so there are significant challenges here. But so the question of how, I, I don't know how, um, but what we can say is as a church, we're here for you and we want to mm -hmm. come and walk alongside you uh, to help you get through this situation. And we'll be praying for you. And I'm so sorry that this has happened. Um, but incarceration is a real deal. Yes. It's, it's difficult. I, I would just add that uh, think about uh, some parents in this situation will have a tendency to overcompensate and some will have a tendency to undercompensate. Mm. And for the kids involved, they don't know what it looks like to have a normal. Yeah. So again, I think that's one of the beautiful things about what God intended for the yeah. church is there yeah. are people, uh, there are men, for example, that would love to take your kids fishing or, or yeah. you know, taking them to the park and learn how to throw a ball or yeah. whatever it is. But uh, try to be engaged with other people. Uh, church community is preferred and figure out what sort of a normal looks like and mm -hmm. do your best to kind of replicate that so you're not overcompensating or undercompensating. Yeah, we, yeah. We've seen both happen. Yeah, that's a great word. All right, man, I appreciate the Millers. Once again, if you guys want to get involved with marriage, go to sandalschurch.com forward slash marriage. Look at that. It's there almost like a it. professional. You are professional. So thank you guys so much. I'm going to be praying. And, and for everybody listening, please be praying for our marriages at Sandals Church and be praying for the Millers as they lead just such an important ministry at our church. So we love you guys. Thank you for listening and uh, hopefully you'll tune in next week.
Thanks for listening to the Debrief Podcast with Matt Brown. If you enjoyed this episode, consider liking, subscribing, and sharing it with a friend. If you would like to submit a question to Pastor Matt, you can do so at move.sc slash ask. And if you would like to support the work we are doing, consider donating at donate.sc. Thank you again and have a blessed day.